Yo, yo, yo. Yes, J Ross, can you hear me? Yep. All right, cool. All right, ladies and gents, welcome to MD Podcast. And before I get started, I just want to say thanks to everybody that's really been supporting season one all the way through season eight. And by the time you guys hear this, this is actually season nine, episode two. And um, before I get started, man, I just want to really paint a picture of what was going on in my life in 2005, all right? So, 2005, it was my second year of college in Cal State Fullerton. And at the time, I was I was dropping mixtapes, but my first album hasn't come out yet. And the people that I was working with was from Montebello at the time. So, <laughs> one day, the homie said, Hey, fool, come down to Whittier. I believe it was Whittier. I can't remember. It was either Whittier or Montebello. My friend goes, Hey, come down to Montebello. There's a show. I I need you to come to this show. So I go to Montebello, and it's a two... I don't know if you remember this. It's a two-story building, and when you go up, it, it really is a bar. But then inside the bar, there's another room that almost looked like a garage. So there's two stages going there's there's two stages that night so i went to the other room and that's the first time i saw this next artist on the show tonight so i saw her and it, it struck me that her and her dj that she was with at the time that that she was doing that show they had stage presence early like this is 2005 and to be honest even if I'm from Oxnard, I really didn't start doing shows until I went to college in 2005. And she is the first female MC that I encountered in the scene. So if you were around 2005, she was like the first one that I, that I met. And, you know, I've been following her since. And she dropped three albums under her belt. If you guys are on Spotify or Apple Music, uh, you guys can have, you guys can see Breaking Ground that dropped in 2006. Life Notes Volume 1, 2011, and her latest, which is Portraits of a B-Girl, dropped in 2017. She got mad joints with Abstract Ruth and heavily connected with Project Bloat. And um, she got mad work with DJ Ethos, and I really, they were really an inspiration to me getting that first album started. So without further ado, we got Miss J. Ross in the house. What's up, J. Ross? Can you hear me? You there? what's what's up can you hear me yeah yeah now i can okay okay my bad my bad yeah man i didn't know that we inspired you to write your first album like that's crazy and um i appreciate that like dang yeah because when I, I remember doing shows with you and things like that that just means like you were you were in the woodworks even before that i just probably hadn't like actually met you or you know created the bomb so yep no doubt it was it was inspiration j ross because like in 2005 when i was still trying to get my my music together in my set like you you were polished early like i remember this you know and <laughs> your your set with dj ethos that night it just blew my mind like you guys had your stage show down real mm -hmm. real clean you know what i mean yeah, because, uh, yeah, I dropped my first album in 2002, The Break Ground. Like, that's when I, like, actually, actually, I would say, yeah, that's when I started working on it and, and, and um, yeah, mastered it and, and put it out there. Like, it got distributed even after that, 
you know, in different formats. But that's when I dropped it. And then I met at those like right before making that album. I met him on stage and I met him right before that. And then, um, yeah, I was wor working on that album uh, with with Reform. And in 2005, the year you're talking about in Montebello, like, dang, yeah, the scene was really popping in Southeast LA, like around uh, in the, like, cause I'm from Whittier and you're from uh, Fullerton, right? And then, so then the time, yeah. going to college in Fullerton, yeah, like stomping ground there. And then, um, and then, yeah, Reform and Acid Rain, you know, they're from like that Alhambra, like SGV, Alhambra, Monterey Park, sit you know side of things so we just kind of like all spread out but um yeah in 2005 i remember recording a song on a reforms album it's called they said and we wrote it together in the studio and he's the dude who produced um break ground for me and he's the dude who like mixed it and you know he was he was the sound guy i recorded at his pad and everything um but yeah, we, we, we recorded the song that goes, I got to listen to it again. It just came to mind. It's like, they say your beats need to be harder. They said your beats need to be louder. They said your beats. Uh, this is a pretty cool one. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, so that was that like movement yeah, for sure. No, no doubt. So yo, Jay Ross, so the Breaking Ground album actually came out in 2002? Yep. Wow. I thought it was because in, in Apple Music, it said it came out in 2006. Wow. Yeah, that's when it was like put out. Uh, yeah, no, am I tripping? Because I remember. Yeah, I remember in 2002, I was like the end, like in the second half, I was 19 years old. And I remember that was when I first met Ethos on stage. I was wow. freestyling and writing lyrics on my own. I was jumping into ciphers. I was jumping in on open mics. I was even battling street battling fools and stuff like that. Like literally at the start of, you know, from me writing and stuff in my room. But yeah, at 19, it was like end of 19, 2019. And I was, um, you know, met at those and I, I met, I was really syncing up with Acid Rain and they, Acid Rain, they were working with Reform. He was the dude behind all of their, a major, a lot of their, their Acid Rain, um, you know, recordings for their album. So they're like, you got to work with Reform. That's who we work with. And I told Reform, yo, I want to put it, I always wanted to put an album out when I was 18. Let's do this. And he's like, all right, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And he's the dude who just kept me on top of it, like school, you know, all right, come in on Friday. All right, I'm free Friday. You're free Friday, come through. I was like, all right. And there were some days where I felt like, oh man, am I ready? And I would just like, just go through and he just kind of pushed me through it, you know? So yeah, big ups yeah. to, to that cat. But yeah, so old school yeah. album. <laughs> so by, the, by the time I met you in 2005, that album already had been out for three years, huh? Yup. That's crazy. So, so yo, J-Ross, with all my guests, I take it back to day one. So I ask everybody, so where were you born and raised? I was born in Bell Gardens, BG, Bell Gardens, California, on Fostoria Street. Mm. So that's in LA, right? What part of, this is like East LA? Southeast LA, yeah. It's a small city in, um, it's like considered the hood, especially where I lived. I lived on a hood. <laughs> there was a lot of hoods there, but like, 
I say that because it's such a small city, so you know you felt it. But it was like dope upbringing at the same time, dope school, like pretty sick. But yeah, so Bell Gardens is um, in. It's like around Bell Gardens, the cities that circle it are like Downey, Southgate, Bell, Cudahy, um, Commerce is the big one. Commerce and Downey are the ones everyone knows. Do you know the story of how your parents met? Or did they meet in um did they meet in Bell Gardens? Like do you know how your family mm. ended up in um Bell Gardens? Uh yeah, my mom and my dad, they met in Pico Rivera. My mom went to El Rancho uh high school mm. in Pico. And then yeah, my dad, he graduated junior high. He didn't go to college. I mean he didn't go to high school. Uh but yeah, they, they must have met in Pico. Right on, right on. I'm the I'm the youngest, so okay. yeah. <laughs> how many siblings you got? I got three older brothers. Wow. So, yo, let Y'all. me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this, Ross. <laughs> Smoke too much in no. the morning. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yo, so growing up, um, what could you remember about the community of Bell Gardens? What, what do you see in the community? Like, what's that community like in your formative years of, like, elementary school, junior high, you know? Oh, man, it was so dope. It was so dope because that was the time where we played outside, you know? Yeah. We played outside with the skip it. The boys played football, took over the whole block. I mean, when one person comes outside and is ready to play, everyone else comes outside and is ready to play. We played, you know, they would play football, basketball, uh, baseball at the school. I lived right by my elementary school. It's pretty funny because it's like Bell Gardens Elementary School. Then you go to Bell Gardens Intermediate. Then you go to Bell Gardens High School. I didn't go to Bell Gardens High School because I ended up, we ended up moving to Whittier. Uh, My parents got divorced. My mom uh, married my step pops and who's from Whittier. So we moved to Whittier. but yeah, Bell Gardens was dope because what during my upbringing, like the hip hop in my upbringing with like people doing the worm um, in junior <laughs> high. Yeah. Uh, there were cats. Yeah, there were cats in junior high. Or, you know, we grew up in the house music era for the dance, you know, for our dances. So they would play house music. And and uh, there was always these two cats that would break dance. And there was one cat. I remember the first time seeing him, he was break dancing and doing windmills. Yeah, yeah. I was so mind blown. I was like, what? Uh, but yeah, it was cool. It was like it was an old school way, you know, playing with your skip bits, going from rollerblades to uh, roller skates to rollerblades and the and then skateboards and skateboarding on your knee. And, you know, there was a skater and there was a gangster and everyone was like like family like there was beef and the beef was <laughs> those are funny stories too but it was just such a cool community and the dope thing about it was it was so multicultural like we yeah. like on the outside looking in you're like oh that's a mexican community we were like yeah mexican but i had best friends who were from nicaragua she was nicaraguense um my best friend in high school my best friend in elementary school when i started going to school my first best friend was sok cheng lee and she's a uh, cambodian so we and those my other friend who lived behind me her name was melissa and her family was like like from like mississippi like you know blonde with the crinky blonde hair like yeah. we were like the most like authentic multicultural community like yeah. it was a trip like our roots you know some and um yeah uh african-american like 
shoot just everything like we were we were a cool community so we didn't really grow up with that with the racism because we were in the in that community you know um so it's pretty so it, the tie with hip-hop for me is kind of funny well you asked about school too i'll get to the what i was gonna say but yeah school's cool like we used to have cool games like we had good teachers um and like one activity that was pretty sick like during kind of like the spring into summer after school they would have we would have like turn the uh the asphalt like the the basketball courts they turned it into a little kind of roller rink and that we would have these little roller skates that were good on the gravel and you wouldn't go fast but you know it's pretty cool uh-huh. <laughs> uh, dances and cinco de mile like we celebrated that and uh, i'm not gonna lie like my my elementary school made me feel like i like my parents paid for like a an expensive school it was like the coolest upbringing you know <laughs> uh-huh. um yeah and then uh the way hip-hop kind of kept rolling out was kind of funny so my oldest my oldest brother he's 10 years older than me and he was collecting vinyl so he was playing and i say it in some of my music um he was playing like like we grew up with in the in the analog era for sure right where you would have yeah. your your uh, stereo that has the fm and the am and then the vinyl like you had to have that and then you had to have your equalizer you know yeah everything stacked so my my brother would play you know everything from bob marley like reggae was huge um everyone would wear the beads you know the rasta beads um so yeah there was so so much we were so jay roth can you hear me yeah 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 i could you got cut a little bit but i can hear you now okay yeah we were influenced by art and culture so he would play like music like uh bob marley and the whalers you know bob marley um uh, cool modi epmd nwa like i grew up with that you know i grew up with it when i was in pampers um so yeah i I, hip-hop i'm definitely i'm really a hip-hop baby and then um you know my pops rock pumas just it was just a thing and then um yeah uh you know i spoke about the multicultural thing when i had my first kind of they call it like your first the year when you receive consciousness or something i don't know i don't know if yeah. i'm saying this right but it was a time where like you kind of realized the real world how ugly it could be and uh besides all the ugly shit that does happen in the hood too you know but like <laughs> Uh, that was the first time I heard about racism and like it was it just broke me it just shattered me I'm like what the heck's racism like so that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard and that's so horrible that people could you know hold such like evil in their hearts and to me hip-hop was the opposite hip-hop was about culture and community and I'm just talking just about like race you know you still learn about different things sexual orientation and you know uh, different things like that but um, to me, like, because I didn't really grow up with strong Spanish, like, puedo hablar, pero no hablo mucho. <laughs> and, um, you know, because my parents, they've been in SoCal, in LA for a long time. Like, my grandma was born in LA. So, uh, yeah, so, like, English is, like, our, my first language and everything. But, so, hip-hop, when I, when I would listen to hip-hop, you know, from after the records, you know, to the CDs, 
you know, listening to Cypress Hill, listening to Souls of Mischief and, you know, Tribe Called Quest and Biggie. And, you know, this was after I'm kind of jumping ahead after that, like Tupac era, you know, but like when I heard like, like hip hop, like, like, yeah, there's the rap. I was into that too. Trust me, like Biggie, it was <laughs> Biggie, Tupac, like my brother was so into rap. Um, but I, I kind of really just, I loved the rap too. Like I love Biggie's raps. I used to play them on tape, record it, play it back, stop, write it down. And that's how I would learn the lyrics, like the old school way, you know? And, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I just felt in, like my mind was like three times blown when I started listening really listening to like cypress hill and and then like cypress you know it's the trip cypress hill they're from southgate and me and be real we share the same birthday so no it's way. like weird yeah we see these weird little synchronisms you know synchronicity i would see the synchronicities with the legends that pass like guru and jay dilla like during hard times they like music comes on and speaks to me it's so weird but yeah so uh yeah i've always just like i fell in love with hip-hop and like man my mind was just alone so yeah that was my upbringing but um that era of like 93 till and you know i'm like kind of a late i'm a, i was a late bloomer in like being introduced to you you and me know like the massive amount of hip-hop artists that are, are out there um you know when i moved to whittier whittier has a huge hip-hop scene was especially at that time you know had a huge, no huge hip-hop scene so yeah no doubt no doubt so yo as far as like musical influences in your family was there any was there any musical talents in your mom's side or dad's side like was there did they yeah yeah that's a good yeah that's a good one uh my mom's mom yeah she she sang she was a singer her she had a beautiful voice she passed away when she was young from a heart problem three years old when her mom passed away Wait. and it makes me sad because i'm really close to my mom yeah but she's a good singer and then my pops could not sing you know or do art for kaka but <laughs> <laughs> but my dad was loved to fish and drink beer and um go camping but my pops loved music yeah. He fucking loved music. So did my mom. My mom loved, uh, you know, Michael Jackson and Paula Abdul and Diana Ross. My dad um, loved all oh, mad. Like he loved, um, you know, rock and soul from from Motown to um, the uh, the Beach Boys. Like Beach Boys songs, not just the songs that are the classic hits. Like they have a lot of other classic hits and like some of it's hard to dig up kind of like us like certain music where like we know it and it's dope and it's kind of hard to dig up like i grew up going on long trips like let's go to ensenada and he's playing his tapes and he's just playing the beatles and, and like he's playing like the full records and i'm you know so i grew i grew up like i still to this day like play that those all of that all of the music the music my mom and my dad listened to um and my brother you know my older brother um my other brother was into rock rock alternative rock but yeah so i have like this deep connection to soul music and rock and hip-hop totally it totally makes sense too like um with with your choice beats but 
like um it's it's interesting so um let me ask you this what was the first hip-hop song that you remember hearing or if you can't really if you don't remember the first hip-hop song you heard but what was definitely the first hip-hop song that, that nba fuck the police that made <laughs> nwa nwa yeah please yeah and the yeah, reason yeah. why is because that that felt like the time where the whole hood was in unison like i mentioned i grew up on a block of fastoria street uh you know gangsters and there was like some other i can't even remember all the hoods right there anymore the brats the the brats and like some other but that was a time where like and i was young i was super young this is me and pamper still like i don't know but yeah i remember um when that song would come on it's it's like seriously like everyone would sing it oh they got it you know <laughs> fuck the police yeah fuck them like and then you know and then hearing that weaved into you know public enemy and um everyone kind of has you know um uh, jay dilla you know the spirit of that is i feel like it's just so strong now would- yo jaros jaros you got play can you hear me yeah oh my bad i think it's my android i always have issues with android compared to the iphone but yeah so uh yeah 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 yeah. it was it was it was uh fuck the police because every you know like that song is so triumphant and it gets you hype and everyone would get hype like that was the first song i remember and to this day when ice cube performs that to this day for some reason it just sounds new it still sounds new like that song never aged to me you know yeah uh, let me tell let me ask you this so what was the first hip-hop album that you remember buying with your own money or you had to tell your mom, mom you gotta buy me this please what was the first hip-hop album you, you seriously have the best questions <laughs> <laughs> watch out for marley d yo that was making <laughs> waves um <laughs> yeah no it was definitely lunch money um and uh in high school i lived you know like in whittier and then we had uptown whittier and during that time there was the big uh record shop was penny lane yeah. also then as do- the dopest hip-hop shop ever zen beats yeah. was in uptown yeah but the first um and and i remember when it was new so th- okay when i bought my first album with my own money it was before zen beats but it was at penny lane and I was already writing lyrics um and i i know that that came from me playing you know like the biggie example me playing biggie pressing stop rewind play writing it down you know recording it off the radio or, or off yeah. a cd or whatever so but yeah and then um so i was in love with 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 lyricist with lyricism and writing and figuring all that out you know and um i remember walking into penny lane I was like, what am I going to buy? I don't know what to buy. What do I buy? There's so much music. <laughs> I know what's up. No, I don't. Like, so I was just like, all right, let me just dig in the hip hop section. So I started digging. Maybe it's like, maybe it's because I was on letter A or I don't remember. In my head right now, I could just remember just going and going to the hip hop section, flipping, you know, uh, through the CDs, going through, like finding one, just pulling, pull, picking it up, seeing a microphone on it. And I was like, what? This is sick. That's all I want is this a microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit's sick. Like I used to draw mics, you know, for yeah, fun. Yeah. And uh, I was like, <laughs> it was called 
beats and rhymes by abstract tribe unique you know abstract root and like i just saw beats and rhymes and i was like i didn't know who ab was you know at was and like and that that's the first hip-hop album you bought yeah and wow. i thought it was an album and it's a compilation but like i don't know you know <laughs> and i remember playing it and like beats and rhymes like I, dude my brain was yet again blown yeah that was the first album that called me wow yep little did i know i'd be meet this dude and do music yeah. with him and you know stomp project blowed and you know on the ciphers and be a part of that culture and be a part oh, of yeah. project Blowed. yeah no, like yeah. when that song comes on i go nuts like when ab like how you said when ice cube performs that song yeah it's yeah. like it's new when ab performs that song it's just like the record and like every time he performs that song i'm like no and i'm like the hypest person in the room <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Abstract Root. Um, when my first album came out in 2006, my album release party was in Costa Mesa at a spot called Tiki Bar. And that's where I had mm. my album release party opening for Abstract Root. Abstract Root was uh, uh, the opening, mm -hmm. the, the, he was the headlining act that night. And I just want to let you know, man, I give you so much props for like, um, for doing a lot of music with him because that's that makes your dreams come in full circle. You know, it's crazy. Um, yeah and we're not we're not done yet either for no sure doubt, no doubt. you know and mm -hmm. and i don't mean just like oh let's do songs are listed like in in the format of of music yeah we're not done yet let me ask yeah, you <coughs> like let's say your junior high years right who would be like your top three mcs in your junior like in your junior high years whoever you were listening to who would be like your top three Dang, that's tough. Because like I was also six, listening seven. to Karis One. Yeah. Uh, it would be, be like your top three, like that really that affected you. You know, some some MCs just change your life. You know, like. Jeez. Who would be like your top three in your junior high? Um, that's man. <laughs> Damn, that's a tough one. No, that's a tough one. I'm sorry, I'm taking so long. Um, Give me I'm one. I'm just, just gonna one. say, I'm just because it's, it's not just one MC because it was like the Souls of Mischief. Don't like, give me group. They were one solo. Yeah, give me group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. I would say Souls of Mischief. I would oh, say Karis. Karis one. Um, and I'm just gonna say. No, wait. Yeah, no, I know this. Uh, you know what? I was bumping I was bumping a lot of um, raucous records. Mm, good answer. Now, <laughs> in your high school years, who would be like your top three? Or I would say even like the most influential albums in your high school years. Like whether it's an artist or an album, what would it be? Ooh. Like three. Give me three or, three or two or even. Oh, albums. for sure. For sure. Gangstar. Yes, yes, um, yes. Influential for sure. <laughs> for sure, Gangstar, uh, Guru, Jasmo Taz. I'm just gonna say all Guru, like Guru. Yeah. <laughs> and as, as a hip hop head, I always felt like Jasmo Taz. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, Sorry. No, my bad. Um, as a hip hop head, my observation was always like 
dilated peoples is the continuation of Gangstar. I always felt like oh yeah yeah like, yeah dilated di- yeah di- that's the direct influence of Gangstar. It went straight to dilated, you know. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this. So Gangstar. Yeah, that's a tough one. I was listening to so much. High school. Years. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang. Now, at what point, J. Ross? Which one came first for you, freestyling or writing rhymes? Which one came first for you? For sure, writing, writing so rhymes. Writing I didn't know how to freestyle. No. How old were you when you first wrote? When you wrote your first verse or attempt to write the first verse ever? How old were you? I was, uh, I was like fourteen, writing scratch wow. shit. But I was like fifteen when I first wrote, like my first like verse. Now, as far as like performing or not even performing as as far as like rapping out loud in front of people at what age did you start doing it like where 16. you had to see the reason like why this, I asked, yeah mm-hmm. this this makes up the dna of an artist when i ask an artist who you listened to when you were in junior high or high school and how old were you when you started like rhyming and like rapping in front of people it, it totally makes sense how polished people are you know because Because people, when people start young, you just get polished faster, you know. Like, so you started mm-hmm. young. You started super yeah, young. Yeah, I started young. Yep. And that's yeah. the key. That's the key right there. I'm sorry. Like, you can't. Fake, <laughs> you can't fake it. Like, you can't. You no, can't, you're right. You can't, because you can't skip the process. It's either you started no. young or you didn't. Yeah, no, you're, dude, you're 100% right. The perfect example are those cats, you know, uh, when they have those, uh, the MC battles and you see some cat come out and he just comes out smooth and and polished and sick first round. And then second round, he's like, oh, uh, because he only practiced well, but he doesn't have the skill. And you have someone else who's like, I'm just going to freestyle and bullshit my way out because no one knows. I just had a rough fucking week you know yeah <laughs> like there's a difference yeah you started young. that's good so okay let me ask you this at what point did you start i know so a true grad a graduation of an mc is we start writing and then we start freestyling and then we start performing out loud but at what point did you start recording how old were you when you started recording I was with Reform uh, when I was 19. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, the first so, song on that album for Break Ground was uh, Indestructible Force, and that was like the first record. That, yeah, that was the first recording. Yeah. This is. So I'm not. I'm actually. I'm actually gonna lie. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I lie. The first time I ever recorded myself, I never put it out, but I actually recorded myself. Uh, was before I met Reform, and it was in those like. I must have been in my senior year or yeah. like right out of high school. Like I, I don't remember, but I want to say it's like my senior year. Yeah, yeah. So I like so hip hop, right? So I, I, I bought a turntable. No, I had turntables. I had like, you know, cheap new marks. They were turntables. They weren't like techniques or, or pro, pro new mark grade for scratching. But to me, I would scratch on them. And I mean, you could scratch on them, but I bought some new mark starter kit of turntables i also had a four track and i would throw on my raucous record instrumentals whatever instrumentals i had onto the record i'd record it onto my four track and then i mostly did that but every once in a while um i would actually um i would actually rap and i would plug in a mic um cheap ass mic from radio shack <laughs> and uh record myself 
rhyming and I was probably a critical on myself because okay. that's that was my worst thing being a being the worst critic to myself uh but so I probably didn't really like the way it sounded but yeah I used to record on the four track <laughs> wow and this is even mm-hmm. before you made the first album so you had that was before you you had to be like 18 17 right I want to say yeah I want to yeah. say yeah yeah right. like a baby like young you know that's good now mm-hmm. let me ask you this um you know what are the fondest memories you have when you look back on that first album breaking ground what are some of your fond memories of making that album what do you remember about that time in your life oh just, just the process just what was happening in your life making that first album you know like you know i was like starting to kind of um come out of my shell with working with other artists and dealing with that like see here's the thing like when i would cipher and freestyle um you know i'd come with it because i only had to see those people at that time or that day but it was different where it's like whoa i'm like meeting with this person you know consistently now like every week like whoa i'm starting to know their family you know their wife and you know their two kids and or or you know soon to be wife kids or whatever and not just with their form but like with everyone you know and um so it was it was a trip because as a female MC, and this is a dope thing about seeing so many female MCs like and female MCs, female artists, female DJs, like the camaraderie you see now is something I didn't grow up with because there was very few and far between in between uh females and we were like in different generations or different spaces, you know? So it was hard for me to like make friendships, relationships with people um because you know like the first dude i ever freestyled with uh in battle you know i had a crush on (laughs) (laughs) you know for for the right reasons he was like a little older you know yada yada and like had the like you know had this style it was in whittier it's funny uh but anyways that was just you know like your first you know kind of like crush like that whatever but and then uh you know and like like in the one you're like actually out there doing what you love you're like wait what <laughs> so yeah. anyways but that, but so or, or on the latter a lot of times it's just awkward people people want to just take the competitive thing to another level you know they're intimidated by you you get hit on people just want to use you for the moment to say they're hanging out with you and then you know go on their way or you have friends and they're just they're just like yeah i'm over here doing this and uh you know i'm playing uh you know softball and all that's cool like homegirls you know they're starting to kind of grow up get boyfriends do their thing focus on school have family issues whatever it might be uh you know another one like you know goes into basketball playing this thing i played basketball too but like you know everyone starts kind of doing their own thing and i was just like so into hip-hop and like i really felt like a wonder you know like alone so it was a it was cool because it was like oh i got a friend now who wants to record me and do business and just like be creative and push me and help me grow so he was like my first um my first mentor you know and then yeah reform and then watching acid rain do their thing i I was just always like blown away like that i think the reason why you're like you know you your stuff was polished was because i had all these standards around me i had these cats 
like acid rain who were like super polished you know yeah. um whenever i'd see people like i grab open mic but i would see you know bus driver rhyming for like an hour two hours at zen beats and like he was polished you know so i had to come with it like oh i gotta i gotta know my rhymes i gotta know have breath control i gotta um you know i gotta write i gotta record this i can't be you know etc i gotta perform so yeah like all that was going on where like yeah. i was just so utterly obsessed with hip-hop with art um with the b-boying like i would go to the freestyle session uh with my and it was cool because like it, like i would go to freestyle session and b-boy summit with two of my friends uh from high school and one of them his name was rocket he was into like like a uh, style you know and b-boying and this before i really started this before i started be b-girling learning how to break you know and then uh my other homie um mike he would uh he was a pop blocker so he would pop so we'd go together to freestyle session and then we just go our own ways and i'd try to find like any you know graph art writers and mcs and then check out all the the dope b-boys and b-girls that i liked and like it was just so dope and then they would be in their pop blocking session and yeah you know so it, it was a trip but i think it was a time where like hip-hop was my best friend um and you know what that's funny you asked that because now i'm like dang that's why this connection just won't stop because it was my best friend during a time where like you know i was exposing myself and rhyming and you know and that that was my thing and like and your own best friends at high school and school were like not so they were into it like my best friend was into it too but like not so not actually not like so involved into it you know not putting in like their energy or their money or you know so much into it and then um yeah so that's what was going on just like building relationships and no like hip-hop you know being my best friend and then trying to figure out who's who's my peeps who's my crew who's this who's you know just yeah just Honestly, I was so into, into it. I was just like freestyling and into uh, subway art. And um, but then, you know, also like playing back. Yeah, man. J. Ross was uh, when I was getting into the scene in 2005 in college. She was the first female that I saw in the scene. You know, like she was the first one that I met. So like and throughout the years, I always kept up with what's happening with J. Ross and and I want to before we well before I bring that up, I want to talk about how did you meet DJ Athos and tell me about that working chemistry. Like, how what is it about you guys that click on stage? Like, tell me about that. Yeah, chemistry. yeah. You know, you saw that documentary, yes, the one you yes. sent me the link. Yeah. So yes. like that's pretty much what uh, us telling the story. But yeah, that was right before uh, reform, and, and like this is all within the same like sequential timeline so yeah i i remember you know mc woes he would throw this underground uh hip-hop show and man i forgot what it's called but it was at city terrace something underground hip maybe but it wasn't hip-hop but i forget <laughs> but yeah he would throw it at yeah. city terrace and um i would always go and always go chill you know uh i didn't have anything out so you know no one really knew me as like hey that's jr's with the album out you know 
but I was I was in the cipher still because like I was always you know I was always spitting somewhere uh cipher spitting and like Wells heard me and I didn't know he heard me you know but he's like yo you should you should rock on stage how about if you rock like a few I'm gonna give you like you know like I don't know what he gave me like five ten minutes like you know rock like three songs or whatever and I'll put your name on the flyer and uh yeah you should come and rock and I was like oh yeah finally someone's putting me on <laughs> so I was like yeah I'm down so throws me on I was like shit I gotta get ready mind you I only have I don't have beats I don't have production but I have my vinyls right the ones where I I had my my dad was into music so I had a lot of his vinyls and I remember finding this one record I don't have it anymore I got Jack for my vinyl just like every other hip-hop head but um he had this one vinyl I wish I still had it I don't know who the artist was um and but like the song sounded like an instrumental but it was just such a dope dope track that's the first I actually had written the graffiti anthem song because I like I started doing graph like right after like when I was 15 end of late 15 16 and I was going to b-boy events so I was like deep in the culture you know what I mean so um yeah and then Whittier hip-hop culture was popping so it was all around me so yeah so then uh you know what's it what you call it I took I took that record and I took some other instrumentals and I'm like I, I'm proud to say like you know I was still learning and growing and still doing some shit that was very elementary but in a many formats I was like never a toy not gonna you know <laughs> I didn't have a toy mentality you know and I think like you said you start young you know you do your homework and stuff like that and so I took I was like okay what records can I take that like are not the hits everyone's gonna know that are kind of low-key you know so i took like a few records and i um woes is like yeah i'm gonna have a dj i like you know and stuff and so i took my records he's like all right you're, you're gonna be up next or first i don't remember all right cool he's like yeah here's my dj you ready jazz where's your music i was like and this is a time where you could bring your cd or your you know mainly cd yeah. not really like usb yeah so he thought crazy, that i was gonna right? cd he probably thought I was going to bring a CD like everyone else. I'm all talking shit. I don't remember. I don't know. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> he probably thought I was going to bring a CD. I brought <laughs> records. <laughs> I brought records. And, um, <laughs> and I, I, I was, he's like, yeah, it's my DJ. Give up, give me your music. You got your music. Give him your music. I was like, all right. I go, it was DJ Ethos. I didn't know him at the time. Cause he's from nine Oh nine and he's older. And I was like, I was like, hey, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, you're the DJ, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, here, here are the records, you know, for, uh, I probably said it, he didn't hear me, uh, but I was like, yeah, here are my records. He's like, dude, he totally didn't hear me because he's like, all right, cool, yeah. Is your guy ready, tired, tired dude, to to come up? Uh, once he hears me play the, the first track, I'll kind of bring it in slow. I was like, I was so used to it, Marlon. Yeah, I was so uh, used to it. I was used to yeah. it from day one. Yeah. The first time I entered a cipher, um, dudes were blown. And I, the yeah. my first time ciphering was at Whittier on Greenleaf. There was a dude promoting a, a, a hip hop, um, you know, monthly or something like that in Whittier called The Spot at a church because the church 
they had sick rooms to for stages you know so he's like i'm gonna use these stages for hip-hop shows and he had a guitarist with him so they were right there the guitarist while he was you know uh, rhyming on the street corner passing out flyers and i was walking through uptown with my mom and dad and i was writing that was the very first time i spat it was it, i couldn't hold back like i was it, you know so it was the first time i spat in a freestyle and this dude's like you know is freestyling and my parents probably trip out. i just jump in and i save a little verse he's like yo you're, you're dope you should come to this hip-hop show all right cool cool so anyways okay so back to the story <laughs> you know uh back to the story so then um i was already like i was used to it because like even in the mix of that at those events actually at the spot i went to the spot they had at the end of like the show there was uh djs and they had the dude who that same dude the, was hosting it and he's like any free mcs want to come up with freestyle we're gonna open it up for freestyles like la symphony used to perform there like tunnel rats like sick cats you know uh that was the first time i went to that spot i met frankie flave and ronnie ruin from um LA Breakers, now Style Elements, and you know, OGs like uh, Ronnie Ruin was the first. Like that dude's a beast. So, anyways, and they're from Montebello. Uh, but anyway, so uh, when he opened up the mic, I jumped on. I was nervous, but I jumped on. I started freestyling, and then he started free. He started trying to battle me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was like, and here's the thing: I was riding battle rats because that's what I heard. I heard fools being like whack mcs you know yeah i remember saying some shit like he was like oh like he was using like the misogynistic like female things like you know and i was like oh wow you think like i came up to him like he was macho i remember this i was like oh you think uh you think you're bad you think something uh you think uh something like you think you're bad your rhymes is fake um you acting like Superman, but I stole your cape. And everyone's like, oh. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> and so, yeah. And so I was used to fools not thinking I could, I was going to rhyme, you know? Yeah. So, so, so when Ethos was like, bring your dude, I was like, I'm about to show this dude. But I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. played along with it. And I was there with like my homies, like, you know, who, we're into hip hop and we're writers, you know, graph artists, I should say. Um, anyway, so then, yeah, at those throws on the song and I jump on stage and he was like, he, I could see him laughing like, oh shit, it was you. <laughs> and I was, I was doing like graffiti, 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 da 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 you know, and, and other rhymes that I had wrote and stuff. And that dude was blown. And then after the show, he's like, yo, I don't know it's gonna be you you're sick yo that shit was tired i was like thanks you know and his crew was there from semiotics that's why he was there because his crew performed um they are so dope righteous uh after dark basic lies uh produced by uh john marquez uh nocturne and he's the one who produced portrait of a b-girl and at those the dj and these cats were dope they're the, like to me like the smoothest well not even to me like they were like the smoothest cats in the 909 you know um really poetic dudes like really true lyricists but um uh what you call it so they were there in acid rain and that's where i built my connection and won their respect uh they were like y'all you're dope so then that same night someone told me hey uh it was like because you know acid rain and man one and all of them 
um, it was like a man one, like someone from the, the crew West told me, hey, come, uh, we're going to have a show. You should come out and rock. And I was like, all right. And then in my head, I'm like, shit, I hope DJ Ethos is there. I hope a DJ is there. So I told Ethos, I was like, hey, I have a show next week. You want to spin for me again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm down. So that's how, that's why Ethos still, well, that's how Ethos uh, really created a strong brotherhood with Acid Rain because we were all in that same, you know, building together. Um, and I was like, my, you just said high school. What was my, what would be my, my three? I was like, Gangstar, MC, DJ. I had so much respect for turntablism. I remember watching Scratch and things like that. And just, you know, um, it was the, the, the vein was so strong. So, like, yeah, I respected turntablism. Um, and that set the standard. If we rock our first show like this, we can't rock our third show without doing this MC DJ shit and pay, paying homage, um, you know, to 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 the architects. So that's how that's how it all happened. <laughs> yo, yo, how yeah. Many years, how many years did you and add those two shows together? I know you guys hit oh, the road shit. for a while. Yeah, no, we we did shows for a long time. So we did shows throughout Break Ground. Um, and then when I built that like um, Russian Connection, uh, Focus, that was produced by Ethos uh, featuring YG from Moscow, Russia. So we were still rocking. Um, I don't know. I want to say like like i don't know shoot i honestly don't know i'm bad sometimes i'm bad with like the timelines and stuff yeah um, yeah, okay. cool. yeah no i don't remember but it must have been maybe like maybe like let me see maybe like a decade you wow. know yeah because mm -hmm. we were because like we were killing it in the 909 he had a band called monteca and they would bring me on stage two that was it was so cool performing with a band it was their their you know, i would be the feature you know featuring you know um but yeah we would rock a lot of shows like you know to the oc san diego um san luis obispo with ozo motley like man i was i was living life i was loving life um with you know with the craft um during that time i still do it's just a different uh different format but yeah like like man that was such a golden time you know before like the social media and uh youtube was barely starting to pop off you know like for us it was like when i battled um when i battled no can do at um at an event at la cita I made it to the semifinals. I was like, no fucking way, because these fools are beasts, you know? And I made it to the semifinals to battle No Can Do. And I think I got him like one round. <laughs> I want to say I got him one round, but he got me two rounds. And um, yeah, and they they showed a little snippet of us on Fox 11. So we made our debut. So before I was on YouTube, I was on Fox 11 <laughs> and I was on other TV stations, you know, like uh, LA Hip Hop TV. And then um, even that same TV station had like this um, uh, kind of like this Hispanic uh, hour. And I was on that for a couple of them, one of them hosting, one of them, uh, me and Ethos rocked on there. So yeah, I was rocking with him for a minute. Um, and then we kind of both started just like branching out. Like I started 
you know connecting with different people different producers i was just trying to find like my next you know what's next and then um he was started spinning a lot like everyone just starts hitting this cat up because he's a dj you know everyone like yo you know so but yeah i was like yeah that dude's and well i think what spawned from that too is like similar for me like you know who's gonna do oh that's the dj okay give him my music so my nickname to ethos is like or our nickname i don't know if i came up with it or like our close like the close homies like dj gabriel and uh metronome and stuff we'd be like y'all you're the marathon dj because you you need to take a break you've been spinning for like five hours spinning for everyone like yo we need more djs up here <laughs> and that dude would do it and kill it so one thing about ethos you got you got to interview him but like one thing about ethos hey, dude, is i gotta get him on <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah he's he's so talented naturally at juggling like the way i am i feel i am naturally good at you know vernacular and vocab you know <laughs> and, and and language and stuff like communicating or whatever even though uh, sometimes i'm a horrible communicator but like i'm always i'm always trying to hone it you know um and uh like i'll just say okay I'm a, thing i love on the uh, if you want a deep dive hip-hop rock whatever i love sound uh, there's something with me and sound like if i met you we used to hang out like my boyfriend we used to hang out back in the day he was an acquaintance and then fast forward we synced again and he's like how oh, is that a crush on you i was like oh crazy dang that's cool you're not a stranger then we used to kick it in our like early 20s or whatever and i couldn't re recognize him but i kind of did and then he was talking i was like i fucking remember you because you're that voice your sound so something with me and sound well with ethos he's naturally good at balance he, that dude could actually juggle like you give him three oranges and that was juggling uh you get you throw, give him a hacky sack he's like you can't that dude starts playing by himself you give him a soccer ball he's like you know fucking around um so he's naturally good behind the turntables like he's something with balance and uh and rhythm for that cat he he rhymes too and um pop blocks and stuff but his true gift <laughs> no he's good at rhyming like his concepts are dope but like and you know and he he's got his own little uh mc style he's actually recorded it on some stuff um it's pretty dope and everyone trips out like he's done it on stage too and like you know but yeah rhythm and juggling is is his gift for sure oh damn man i love it so you know early on in 2005 2006 when everybody was on myspace this is when you know you can still follow the rappers and all the MCs doing their thing in la southern cali and j ross was the first one that i knew that went overseas like early like this had to be when did you go to russia what year was that uh i think it was like 2006. wow so how many weeks did you stay out there <laughs> The first time I went out there, I stayed there almost a month. Wow. What can you say about Russia and how did it how did it's it affect dope. you in your in your songwriting and how you see art? How did that affect you, Russia? Um, it affected me very spiritually yeah. because like um man, yeah, those cats they they've got their own ancient like wisdom from their ancestors, you know. Uh, but it connected for me because, um, number one, they're just like us. 
when you think of Americans, you think of the president, you think of Donald Trump, George Bush. But when you go and you connect with the people, you're like, you're nothing like Trump. You're nothing like Bush. Like you're dope. You love culture and L.A. And you, you when you're little, you wore L.A. gears, you know, shit like that. Like you got your own culture. Like that's how Russians are when you go there and you actually are connect with the people and you're on the, the, the bus. Um, even though they're mostly, you know, light skin, they're not racist. Yeah. From what I saw they don't know what that is you know um but beyond that like they're just people they're everyday common people like you and me they want to they they're not afraid of americans i would talk when i was a subway and they just stare at me and and like smile um they're really beautiful people like they're very artsy creative their fashion is on point their menus at the restaurant are fucking like books they make good freaking food like one of the their soups the russian soup is called brosh and it's like tomato soup but like i guess it takes like they take 14 hours to marinate it and it's got this beef and it's like this beef stew that looks like tomato soup but it's not a tomato soup maybe it has tomato in it and they serve it with like a piece of bread like it's so good it's so perfect like it's amazing but the people there are are so cool like they remind you of like a time where everyone had pianos in their house because when you hang out with them you know like when you hang out with your peeps you just bullshit and talk about whatever they're the i feel like they're very intelligent people and the reason why i say that is because like when um when we all hang out hung out and you know i've stayed with my friend it was like i was always staying with all these different people because different people would show up and they talk uh, some of them only knew russia some of them knew a little bit of english and someone some of them knew both freak fluently some of them knew a little italian and french but when we all t- hung out together like you know in the pad and stuff is like let's brew some tea let's smoke some weed and let's make some food and let's just talk and they would talk about everything and anything they would talk about like their their dad their politics this the, the shit that they've overcome shit going on now american stuff they showed me like original winnie the pooh is like this russian winnie the pooh she looks so crazy old school and um they they'll just sit sit uh for hour you know for like whatever an hour hours just talking and and stopping time and just like being people but um yeah russia's super dope it's a very old country so there's like certain streets where you drive down and um you just have these buildings that feel like they go on forever and you're like whoa the world's a bigger place than (laughs) than what i know you know um but yeah it's a cool place um they love they love you know music and fashion and art and programming but all the coders out there are not all you know um hackers you know <laughs> they're actually doing good work you know so i would say it's like similar to us there's a lot of misconceptions but the people there are like they're very like cool you know very cool people how many shows did you do out there j ross when you went to russia the first time the first time i only did one show the first time it was wow. a dope one mm-hmm. it's on youtube 
um i should repost this stuff i'm so bad at social media like i'm you know it's a trip marlene i'm i'm really good at at, at technology i'm yeah. really good at computers i'm really good yeah. at like how shit works in the back end how shit connects <laughs> like like i record myself on pro tools i still use pro tools like that's you know good, that's good that's good but i am fucking horrible at social media i can't i don't know what it is i'm so bad at at <laughs> social media <laughs> and um that that's cool though because like, it gives you kind of like a mystique about you you know like there's some things that are just left it's good to be left as a mystery you know um uh, let me ask you this so how many times did you go out there to russia hello j ross you there yep Yep, yep. Can you hear me? Yep, can you hear, yeah, yeah, now I can hear you. Um, so how many times Damn did you go Android. out there to Russia? Uh, <laughs> I went out there twice. Yeah, twice. And then my and, friend came out here once. And for the second time you went oh, no, out twice. there... Oh, okay. mm-hmm. For the second time you went out there, how long did you stay? Uh, that time only like two weeks. Oh, right. So right. I was working. I got older. I had to get... I had to work. <laughs> and, you did a, and you did another show out there? yeah that time i did yeah i did a couple shows the cool thing the first time i did a show um you know it was like my set and the sound was dope the way they uh recorded and captured the sound too for us to play on youtube was dope like they did it through the mixer not just the video camera audio like they put the audio through the mixer and recorded that on the DAW and then and then synced it together you know with the with the video and they put a lot into it and then the second time I was there was a different experience uh we got to uh perform in a different cool like jazzy artsy um spot um and then because the first one was like this old like a dope like kind of old building where you keep walking and like a movie you know and you climb up the stairs and then you're like oh we're here nope now we got to go up here and go there you're like how is this building that you know <laughs> but yeah the second time was like kind of more open at this cool spot that had like two rooms um and uh, a cool bar and um cool outdoor patio and stuff like that but yeah with that time i got to perform with uh my homie yg has a band now they're called uh drug djaya is russian um and i think it's uh i forget what it what exactly i think it sounds something like friendship something with friendship but drug djaya they're like an experimental jazz band Yeah. But it's like modernized jazz. I, 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 the reason why I say modernized jazz is because they are so influenced by so many different music, African sounds, um, you know, uh, funk, folk, rap, hip hop, electro, especially electronic. They're all playing, uh, you know, yeah, keyboards, electronic, um, you know, the stand-up, uh, their their own type of stand-up. Beat. I don't know, I'm I'm bad. There's so many instruments, you know, but yeah, they're they're all playing instruments. Sometimes they'll bring a flutist on, uh, yeah. but yeah, I got to perform with that band, mm-hmm. do some I jams. Love yeah, I love it. So I know you did some shows in Mexico City too. Like for all those who are tuning in out there, when you go on YouTube, just type J Ross and. There's going to be a couple documentaries about her, like a 12-minute documentary with her and DJ Atos. And it shows you footage of them rocking Mexico City, like sold-out, jam-packed shows, you know? Um, how was the love out there in Mexico, Mexico City when you went there? Oh, man. Yeah, no, the love was unbelievable. Like, I didn't think it was going to be like that. Um, we went out there because of Boca Floja. And that was the first time we met Boca Floja. And it was break ground. 
that launched me out there. And yeah, we like you're you're right. I don't remember hearing anyone else go to Mexico City. Like I seriously want to say because no one's proven me wrong yet that me and Ethos were the first like LA underground artists. Because I don't I don't know you know if I'm sure Cypress Hill's been there. You know <laughs> I don't know, but like we were like from what I know like the first you know under LA underground you know or even West Coast underground artist to make it out of Mexico City um yeah. but the reason why I say that is because like they, they they like it was their culture is like their culture like they're diehard about their local artists and it was like hip-hop in the 90s so I didn't get it like in the 90s I could imagine that's what it was like going to shows because you know I was underage that time but like for the most part you know but it was like they didn't have like no security guard <laughs> it was like jam-packed everyone sweaty don't know where the ration was no fights wow. everyone was there for the hip-hop everyone from front to back threw their hands in the air like if you went on and you were dope whether they knew you or not they fucked with you yeah. so yeah I mentioned on the on the documentary that like no one knew who I was I'm performing and then like during my set people thought were liking it so much that they went to the merch table bought my cd bought my um, poster uh, got a you know bought a poster and, and they were like came back just to hold the posters up while I was rocking I've never had that experience I love it, <laughs> before That's dope. That's dope. and then we stayed and you know because we were there for like I don't know like a week or two like two two weeks and then um we stayed and uh and then we went to like the little like they have a little outdoor swap meet where they you could get eat you know you could eat like mariscos and and seafood and all this stuff and um uh and uh they have a little a little like swap meet and i was tripping out because uh one of the the homies there was like mira jeros and i'm like what this will say <laughs> and i look i'm like they literally burned my CDs and were slinging them right there. <laughs> oh, wow. It was so dope. I was like, damn, I feel like I traveled back in time and it's just like <laughs> so cool. Like, man, dope. it was just dope. Then the second time we went out there, we went out there with, uh, we brought uh, OMD. Well, we brought uh, two Mex and Cholo Lancinco out there and those fools were tripping out. Like they were tripping out and man, Cholo was having the time of his life <laughs> and two Mex was having the time of his life because two Mex was like, Dude, that food trips me out. He was like, "Oh, um, I just, I just found out I have family out here. I have cousins." And he was, he came back. He brought his cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Tumex likes to check out of like the the scene sometimes, but and then come back strong, like how you said, you know. So he was just like hanging out with his family. We're like, "Where's Tumex?" <laughs> no doubt. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know, like around this time. Um... You know, I was living in San Diego. I, I moved to San Diego in 2010. And, um... That's right, time, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, around this time, you know, life's... You know, we're getting busy. We're still MCs, but life's getting busy. That real work, life's kicking in. And I didn't see Jay Ross for a while. I just know, like, after the MySpace era was over, I just didn't see you in person for a while. Like, it's been a long time. So, 
I was doing shows in LA at least twice a month. I was doing the airliner like twice a month. Like, yeah, I I did that for about four years. Like, wow, to LA twice a month, and um, one day I'm walking. <laughs> one day I'm walking to the show. I'm parked at the airliner. I forgot what street the airliner was on. I, I'm parked and I yeah. see Jay Ross walking alone, and I was like, "Yo, Jay Ross!" I said, "Oh shit!" And then. I, I saw her there because I think I believe that night I was opening for Flow and Tell. Flow and Tell would mm. happen at the airliner sometimes, and J mm-hmm. Ross was rocking upstairs. I was rocking downstairs, so um, we got reconnected, and then I did a show with J Ross again in, in San Pedro. Right? Was it San Pedro? Yeah, it yeah, we did a show in San Pedro. Pedro. Yep, yep. And then let's talk about your work in 2011, Life Notes Volume One. So, um. What's, what do you remember about making this album? And, and when were these songs recorded? Because I know it came out 2011, right? Yeah. Um, that album was different than uh, Break Ground and yeah. uh, Portrait of a B-Girl because I didn't know it was going to be an album. It wasn't like I worked with one producer. I didn't even like create it like an album. It was uh, different people that threw beats at me, like uh, this one cat, Jericho, from... Um, the place where jazz was born um, in uh, Kansas. And uh, he threw a couple beats at me. I was like, yeah, these shits are sick. Like it's got that soul in it, you know? And I think that's why I really started like, like finding my voice even more, you know? Or I would say I was, I was, I was maturing, you know? And then, um, yeah. And then, I, yeah, I was maturing. Uh, I went from like battling and I got that out of my system. That's why like later when people were like, come and battle, I'm like, Y'all don't even know. I've been found it since I was like 16 on the corner. Like, I'm good. I, I, I want to do something new, you know? Yeah. So anyways, and then, uh, yeah, but uh, Jericho threw beats at me. Uh, just, you're right. It was the MySpace era. So it was like almost like even like different cats that were just um, connecting with me. Kind of like from the outskirts of uh, outskirts of LA to like LA, you know, Um like C Watts, like he was one of those cats that just had his own sound. So like, you know, chefs in the kitchen, that track that you heard, mm-hmm. like that fool had those beats. Like when you were in the spot at like second street jazz or like the airliner and you heard his beats, like you stopped for a minute cause they were different, but they were like the now sound, like the it sound, but they were just like in the field too. Like, oh, okay. You know, like what? So, um, yeah, he kicked me down with the beat and um so those those beats just came from like different uh different places and um i had recorded these songs and kind of never put them out so uh blessings to destruct because destruct heard all these songs he's like yo why isn't this out these are so dope like saturn rings like same like he was he was just tripping out like yo shit's sick you got to put these out my g like you gotta he's all look send me the tracks i'll i'll put what order they should come in and put life notes volume one so i did that he's like you got to keep this going life notes volume two which i need to put out and uh i probably should put out uh probably not this year maybe next year you know you never know but um yeah so he's like put this out because people need it so it just it happened to be like that way you know one of the songs i recorded and mixed and mastered myself actually a lot of those songs i like not all of them but a lot of them i'm i recorded myself i mixed them and quote unquote mastered (laughs) 
So okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I put those out because uh, Destruct said people needed to hear them. You know. <laughs> I love it. Um, so Portraits of a B Girl comes out 2017. Uh, one of my favorite songs on that is uh, "Give Me a Light," and I know you got the video out on YouTube for "Roses." And uh, what, what's the inspiration behind Portraits of a B Girl? Yeah, and the dope thing, uh, Marlon, is like you have the dope uh, questions, but you also have the same ear that I do. <laughs> like I like all uh, you know the songs that I write, but the songs you're pointing out are like close to me lyrically for like my weird abstract reasons <laughs> so man i appreciate you you switched up the yeah. floor and give me a light so i was like oh shit oh, oh yeah yeah okay you know saying? like you had that balance on that rhyming like yeah. double time you know so yeah like yeah so uh portrait of a b-girl i'm feeding my cats so if you hear me uh <laughs> but, but yeah portrait <laughs> portrait of a b-girl um the way that came about was uh through nocturne um uh, you know from semiotics and dj ethos's original crew uh nocturne so um we all went to humble county one year for a week and uh, we did the radio show at humble county we went to the beach we partied right there in humble county we man we got lit we took shots of straight freaking oh, oh forget what it's called it's just like this condensed juice of of uh <laughs> of uh <laughs> of uh you know the the buddha leaf and um yeah and we, we we just had a good old time and nocturne was cool he actually ended up studying up there but nocturne he he kept he kept making music uh on the production side um so you know he had a drum set he had guitars and this dude is the biggest hip-hop jazz cat that i know like he knows and listens to jazz he collects so much jazz records um influenced by a lot of music but but jazz is his thing so he's got a lot of analog equipment and really nice equipment like like you know audio uh sounding like this dude has has uh like that vintage touch but he knows how to piece it all together to where it sounds it sounds like you know uh he like he he goes he puts everything through the doll you know so but it's all analog it's all sitting at the foundation and it's all sitting on analog and records but he also um will will do production like you know from playing the drums and grabbing a you know non-samples or maybe a hybrid so nocturne is doing music so he hits me up he's like jay we need to do some shit together because like we need to do song album because we never really worked together let's just do a song and kind of see where it goes it's like all right cool yeah let's do it so the first time i came down to his studio um he's still in the nino um and like his oh my god he has the cutest daughter he has cats his wife's super cool and chill like with him doing music like she's the type of wife like who like she'll like go to the store and let him focus i'm like dang that's sick anyways so like what you would call it he uh kept doing music so he's like yeah come through and then he just started like making a beat that day and i was like this is so sick so yeah from there we just started uh recording uh and and we're like yeah let's do an album so we made an album together so it's really true to me 
um, working with Nocturne because he was there from day one too. You know, he just, it's just, Ethos was on stage and they were going to perform after me. Um, so he was there too. We were there from like, you know, day oneers. And uh, it was only right that we, uh, we did, uh, we produced Portrait of a B-Girl, but the way the concept came together is he had this cool record, jazz record, and it had a girl um, on the cover and um, uh, what it was called, Portrait. Some, and he's like, yo, you should call it something like Portrait, Portrait of, I, I don't remember who, like, I think it was like, yeah, Portrait of a B-Girl, or yeah. maybe, you know, we both kind of came together. And then um, that was the uh, inspiration from it. And uh, a lot of the the songs were sampled from different jazz records that he has. So that's why you hear the horns on Roses. Um, and um, yeah. And I wanted to add, um, I noticed in um, Breakground and the intro for um, for Portraits of a B-Girl with J-Ross albums, I love how there's always a spoken word intro in the beginning. Like, they're, like you're, <laughs> you're good at intros. Um, I noticed like you, you do spoken word in the beginning of your joints. And um let me ask you this. With all Dude, <laughs> that's not me. That's yeah. that's unplanned. That was the producers that was reform saying yeah. you should start off giving the I gotta give it up to like you don't have a dope album without dope engineers, uh, dope producers behind you. And yeah. Nocturne was like, yo, got this record listen to it switch it up and come back and i was i was only gonna say like one piece he's like keep going like, all yeah. right i just turned it into like if just flip some of the words and he's like perfect so yeah i mean i will give it up to myself like those one take wonders on those intros but yeah <laughs> and with j ross um selection of beats um it's a mix for in my as a listener in my opinion um your your beat selection has always been dope for all all these three albums right and um you have a perfect combination of uh, boom bap but also jazz i hear jazz throughout your, your albums and um it's very baseline driven so i, I love yeah. the selection of beats that Dang. Do, and i mm-hmm. think it brings out the mc and your your style um it's it's catered to your style um i love it I think um, one of the jazz follows me because in seven and uh fifth sixth grade, fifth and sixth grade, I played the flute. Yeah. So, so, I, so yeah, but I didn't listen. I didn't grow up listening to jazz. Like I grew up listening to rock and soul mostly, you know. But like, dang, that's a trip that you say that. Cause now I'm like, dang, it was meant to be there. And then the bass heavy that came from you know, I loved bass because that was the upbringing. So whatever I'd work with reform. Or nocturne they're like what what kind of sounds do you like i'm like as long as the ba- there's a bass i'm good <laughs> you know and then um and then yeah the, the the love for the you gotta have uh some some scratching on there you know no doubt and gotta I let the djs shine man gotta let them shine and i love the fact that you mentioned two max and i think he's so legendary in the mc in the mc level like um what what the visionaries did and two max you know like their legacy in la hip-hop um it's like how do i say this and then as an mc no matter how dope we think we are sometimes and we get full of ourselves and our ego you're not you're not gonna feel as dope when you get around some real legends and here's what a I mean. thousand percent mm-hmm. and here's what i mean i got a chance to open for the visionaries uh maybe mm. uh, the beginning of august august 4th this, this past month and 
I, I, I got a chance to talk to Keith Cool and I told him like, hey, one of the most inspiring things to me that really humbled me, Jay Ross, I love the fact that they were the first ones there. They were the first ones to set up merchandise and a true class act. They sat and, and watched all the opening acts. They were there. They watched all wow. the opening acts and stood and and stood in, in on on the like they were watching us in front of the stage and wow. they, they watched all the acts and they rocked it still like the true headlining legends they are and that just really humbled me i told key cool like you know what that just shows so much humility and like it, it explains to me why they are who they are why they're in legendary status in, in the in the hip-hop scene it's because their character you know like They, they're true professionals. Yeah. True, yeah. true humble people, humble human beings, but don't get it fucked up. There's some real MCs. Yeah. Like real yeah. MCs. You know and what that's I'm that's like, that's what the that's what you hear in the music. Yeah. True no, class they, app. and Strap the reason the why I said man. Yeah, the reason why I said guru guru gangster gangster is because and there's so much sitting like in that too. Like you said, the visionaries for me. The reason why I didn't say two mechs and OMD, because I was like I fell in love with them actually yeah during high school and as and even out after high school but um uh freshman year elemento bro i yeah, loved yeah. elemento that i play we got to pick a song and play it in my uh english class for like our poetry section and i played the elemento song and we had to write that we had to print out the lyrics and hand it out to everyone and my english teacher was not hip at all and um she's very strict and stuff and she loved that song she's like what is this <laughs> you know so True. so yeah when you say that with cool key with, with um key cool, cool you know yeah. and oh cool Keith, uh yeah and uh you know two max they were very influential to me too every yeah. single one of them yeah, yep every sure, single man. one of them the, the soundtrack to my college years was dilated peoples and the vision yep and yep. that, that was it that's that's as underground as it can get like visionaries and yep. people's. it was it's who i who i aspired to be as an mc and um you know what's crazy about life when you really get up close and see them perform live and you see how professional they are you're just humbled like this is why they're that shit humbles me real quick yep <laughs> that's why they're legends yeah it's, it's a yeah. true class act too like sticking around yeah. all the opening acts and, and yeah. sticking around supporting and I love it yeah um, yeah I mean, you were talking about that like I trip out when um you know I remember when I met Madlib and in, in person and he was so humble like he saw me out of high he's like what's up I was like what's up I met oh no his little brother I was like yo you're oh no he's like what's up J-Ross I was like oh shit you know me because uh-huh. we don't realize they're in the stage watching you yeah, yeah I mean by the stage watching you you're you're 100% right or like DJ Kubert first time I saw DJ Kubert rock I was amazed and I was at the knitting factory and I was in the VIP and he was on stage I got to sneak it through the VIP because I pulled my little oh yeah you know I'm performing <laughs> and um I was I was very comfortable at the the knitting fa- I was at a point where I got comfortable at the knitting factory and then um I couldn't really see so I was literally just watching his shadow while he was cutting and that was good enough for me I was like this is so dope I'm watching DJ Qbert's shadow scratch right now and then finally someone moved and then I got to see and then I'm like right there I'm like right there on the side you know watching Qbert cut I'm like damn this is so sick and then after the show um I told him hey Qbert you think you could uh 
record my voicemail and he's like yeah so humble he's like yeah yeah no doubt it's like yes yeah, just say j-roz so he's like yo yo what up you reach j-roz's cell phone drop a beat drop a, a you know a, a message and she'll get back to you you know got some keyboard shit and every dude the first person he called my phone i would just let him go to myself they're like yo is that yeah fucking cubert on your way so like yeah i was the coolest person dude i was so I, i thought i was the shit i was like so cool and then um yeah you know to this day like i don't think cubert remembers me or knows me but he probably doesn't remember maybe he remembers that scenario i don't know maybe he doesn't like but whenever i see him he'll he'll nod at me he'll like he like he doesn't act like he knows me person like you know like you know but he but he knows me and you know uh, you know on his twitch or whatever what's up j-roz like he knows how to say my name i'm like all right that fool knows me <laughs> he he actually does give uh he actually does actually say what's up every now and then too like certain things and stuff like online and stuff so yeah it's pretty cool how humble these cats are and um how masked like they're just masters you know yeah no definitely. um <clears throat> let me ask you this so I know when, when we were keeping in touch throughout the years, I know you went back to school for your master's, right? Like what program? No, I wish. No, I changed my major. I went for like graph, uh, graphic design, then oh. music. And then it was just like politics with the program and the, I learned a lot though. I, I just went there to learn. I didn't even care about a degree. I just wanted to learn stuff. And uh, so I went there, but then uh, I changed my mas- master again uh, to business admin IT. Like I told you, I like the technology stuff, but yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm like still pursuing that actually while I work. I love it. I love full it. time in sales, you know, using my vocals and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yep. One, yep. Of, the, one of the things I wanted to ask you before we end the show is, um, I know when we were keeping in touch off air, you were telling me, um, you know, you've been practicing bu- uh, Buddhism. So, I was just wondering, like, what are some of the things you're, you're learning about yourself with Buddhism and how does, how does it affect your songwriting and how you see songs these days with that kind of spirituality instilled in you, you know? Yeah, so I practiced a grassroots organization um, branch of it, and it's uh, you only know about it through word of mouth, and it's uh, it's called Nichiren Buddhism. It's named after... Um, uh, um, a Buddhist, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm still like learning and practicing and stuff, but um, uh, named Nichiren. And uh, yeah, without getting like too <laughs> deep in the histor- history of it, it's part of the Soka Gakai, SGI USA uh, grassroots organization. And the what I see first, the number one thing uh, that I saw was like looking at myself, you know? Yeah. Um, focusing on changing myself which is called like the human revolution so no one's perfect but we could definitely like help ourselves so that we could help others but the number one thing that that buddhist practice helped me get through was my drinking problem um drinking rums in my family like i said my dad was a big drinker so i have that uh, family karma so the beautiful thing about the practice is it made me feel like hey the whole time i was beating myself up and being a critic to myself it wasn't me it's a bigger picture so i have to change this karma i have to get a hold of um the binge drinking and how bad it's gotten and if i don't change it 
then it'll continue in my family tree and it's my job to change this karma and transform my karma and that's just such a beautiful thing to me and then like for music i remember uh the person who shaka boogood me which is the person who brought me into like the buddhist practice like really brought me in um is uh was my friend from back in the day uh voodoo and jenny and um because they're parents are the ones that practice and they've been practicing for a long time like his mom's like 50 years around 50 years practicing um so i was around it just never you know there's a time in my life where i you know found my cat one day and was just going through a lot never never really had a, a lease under my name it's going through a lot landed on her front door and they were chanting and i can get into that story that's a whole nother story but one of the things she told me um as it relates to you know art and music um and they're very supportive of it like the buddhist practice they're not like don't do music you won't make money that's the cold hard truth like you know if you don't grind and hustle and like know how to work the angles like dilated you know or uh, you know it's tough it's fucking tough people have no idea how much money blood sweat and tears musicians put in this just to oh, get yeah. paid off listens and streams like what the hell it's it's not right but you know my boyfriend uh data said this like i really feel artists and musicians and stuff are really gonna get positively what they deserve because like the art and stuff everyone makes is like so priceless you know like they deserve it and it's gonna happen so that's pretty cool but um the one thing she told me was um when you start chanting your life's going to open up and your music's going to get you you think your music's good like your music's going to get like you're really good like you're going to get really good at what you do trip out on this the jazz stuff and everything uh Herbie Hancock is a Nichiren Buddhist he actually performed at the very first like event that I went to before I got my what's called gohonsan to um really uh you know take my practice seriously and um yeah i saw him it it was called the lines of justice festival it was an oc at the the anaheim convention where the where the where they play at (laughs) the ducks and all them (laughs) and um so it was there and um they were like oh there's a surprise special guest that's gonna be there and to perform and everyone was guessing we didn't know who and they were amazing performers on the lineup there's um tina turner's boot is uh you know practices and uh it's was a buddhist uh, rp and um there's actors there's a lot of people who actually practice this uh but yeah th- so then they're like yeah and our surprise guest herbie hancock and bro i was so blown you know portrait of a b-girl being around nocturne and ethos and um fi- finding sick jazz through them my brain was blown i was like no way this is where i need to be and herbie is actually coming out with a uh they're they're coming out with a a movie based off his mentor and my bad i'm like bad with the name i can't think of it right now but his mentor who and it's such you got we we gotta watch the movie so i think it's on amazon prime that's about to release and i'm gonna watch it if i'm not a prime member but um that's his the person who told him hey like herbie was like telling his men you know his 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 comrade how do you play like that like we're all great we're all jazz people but you're the best like how 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 are you 
opening like that? Like, where do you, where does this come from? And he's like, well, it comes from, uh, he's like, I didn't really reach this point, but it, until I started practicing, it comes from my practice, I practice Nichiren Buddhism. It's like, wow. And he's, and so his mentor told Herbie the same thing, like this practice will really open you up. So it's kind of a trip. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. So J Ross, like, before I let you go, um, you know, what what does you know hip hop turn fifty, and you, yeah. what can you say about? Well, how can we how can we summarize the first fifty years? Like, what, what has? How can you describe hip hop in one word on how it evolved these past fifty years? What can you say? Like, what? How can you describe hip hop in one word? From year I'm one gonna to say, year I'm gonna say totem pole. Yeah, no doubt. I would say totem pole because the architects are still here, standing, representing, and like saying what's what. And uh, like my boy uh, that I'm working on an album with, on or like an EP on right now, his name's Bless One. He's part of the Keep the Fill crew. He's from originally from uh, Texas, I think Austin, Texas. And it was in North Carolina. Coolest hip hop cat, you know, like you, dude, you, you got to meet Bless and work with him because you guys are like about, about the music, not the drama. Like you guys would, yeah, I got to sync you guys if you're not synced already. But um, he's like, you know, he's, he, like, he's like, Jay, I'm about to go on tour. I'm about to go on tour with Marco Polo um and fucking master ace and like my brain's blown like i'm about to release my out because he's a dj and he rhymes yeah. and he's like he's like it's 50 hip-hop's 50th birthday yeah can you hear me or you got cut your ass yeah yeah he's like so so me and him will release a single for sure um you know soon but um we're working on stuff and technical difficulties with his pc and stuff like we've had some little you know and even on me you know things like that so uh but the cool thing with bless is he's like yo this is this is this is who we are this is what we do this is the culture this is hip-hop there's no rush there's no expectation there's no timeline like don't trip like there's nothing on it let's just do it let's do this you know And and i was like bro you are thank you thank you bro like that you don't need to put the fluff on anything you don't need to put the extra on anything that's what's keep that's what keeps it pure to me um but i but he's he's very much in touch like with um a bunch of dope artists he rocked a song with karis one um and a lot of cats you know going on tour with master ace like that's gnarly so yeah, so I think like that's what it is, the totem pole. Like these legends are still here, like you said, like, you know, killing it. And um, and then you got, you know, all the youth and the, the new, there's always gonna be, you know, the next generations. You got all the generations, like all the sounds and colors. And, yeah. I love it. And I wanted to give you your props out loud. I was, I was telling Jay Ross that you know, when when I meet a true artist, this is how I know for a fact they're real. Because J. Ross found this way to know how to reappear and disappear when she wants to, then come back. And then it's just about the art. 
it's, it's never been the popularity contest it's just about the art you know like if we have something to say and we feel compelled to put it out we're gonna put it out you know so i always give you props for like um sticking to the art and letting it be purely about that nothing else you know just music <laughs> and um I, i give you props for doing this throughout the years and um thanks for the inspiration man like you know you were one of the first female mcs that i saw in la that was really out there grinding like the consistency you know like keep doing what you do i'm super proud of you jay ross for real oh no thank you marlon i was there was a time where i would tell people like bro i've done like hundreds thousand shows like i can't even count no more like yeah we, we was out there for sure we was out there three yeah. shows a night three shows a night you know two shows a night like just like you know just like the, the you know the the cats before us but um no I, it's funny when you said that i was like oh yeah that it's like mf doom you know uh it's a, it's like a superhero <laughs> superhero shit so it's like yeah you come out at night you know batman disappears <laughs> you know you batman appears harley quinn is she's like office worker by day superhero uh you know uh gemini by night so yes yeah, it's, it's it's like that so j ross when's the next show what's your next show oh i don't know man i don't know i, I I'm, i'm in norcal um i was gonna have a show in san jose but i got so much stuff going on but it would have been like two weeks from now but um i didn't want to leave people hanging and i don't want to be like no show you know so i can't really like solidify this i'm gonna just chill but honestly i'm just kind of i'm like i said just working on uh the music with bless uh got a feature got a song with turtle that uh is gonna come out too um and then uh yeah i got a lot of work a work to do in front of me and then uh just want to focus on that and you know who knows maybe i'll be back in cali i have a feeling that i'll be back in back in socal i'm in cali i'm in norcal but i have a feeling i'll be back in socal in like a one, one or two more years or something or who knows maybe i'll move you know somewhere <laughs> like woes move to nevada you know maybe i'll move you know somewhere kind of close but um you know another state over or something but but yeah i was, I was feeling i'll be back in in socal though we'll see uh-huh. we'll see i don't know <laughs> jay ross so, thank you so much for supporting I, the show yeah i think if i move my bad i think if i move socal or another state like i'll definitely be in that place again right to uh yeah. to reappear so yeah yes yes thank you for supporting me throughout the years and thank you for doing the show i appreciate you man yeah you're an og bro like <laughs> before the scenarios you shared we were doing like when you're like you were grinding like marlon was grinding right there too it was like <laughs> when i was here you were over there yeah then i'm over here and now you're at this other spot yeah and then we meet each other it's like yeah i just did the show oh yeah i did this yeah. all right cool uh, you know it's like i, I was re- like yeah i was running into you left and right on the yeah. grind so Yep. We were mm-hmm. running around. We were running around in 2000. Yeah, dude. And like Yes. You know, it was a beautiful time, right? Like the Knitting Factory and House of Blues and the Second Street Jazz and this spot and this was pretty dope. And check out these jazz like for the podcast, you know. 
not only like I interview my friends, but it's re- it's really because not just because they're my friends, but I really admire and respect their work, you know. And I figured if we're not gonna tell these stories, no one's gonna tell it for us. So I, I gotta mm. I gotta record these stories while we're still here in this, on this earth, you know. Like life yeah. short. The and my last message for the people tuning in out there, um, hip hop gave people like me and Jay Ross um, a purpose and. Um, uh something to look forward to and it kept it kept us alive and hip-hop means so much to us that it it just lives in us it's just it's just it's just in us you know like it's just who we are it's in our dna i know there's gonna be times in our lives where we get a little distracted we, we take a little break but then we always come back to this because it's just a part of who we are and we, we really love it you know and J-Ross yeah, and I just want to say, artist. like, some sometimes you take a break from the sh- the lights, but yeah. you're not really taking a break from it. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yes. You're I'm still bumping be- that next artist. Yeah. I'm still piece of my boy um, J Flash, who just dropped a sick ass album on his Bandcamp. Check it out. I'll, I'll post it soon on my uh, on my timeline. I just started bumping it, but um, yeah. You know, I'm still got my ears to the ground, bro. Like, you know, I'm still yeah. still freestyling, you know, yeah. to my cats. Like, I've, I've been freestyling to my cat since she was a kitten. And, like, I've said, like, I should be, like, bro, if I was good at social media, I'd be blown up on TikTok <laughs> for sure. Like, I've, I got, I've, even she knows, she's like, damn, that show is hot. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Ross, I'm going to hit you back on the text right now, right? Thank you so much okay. for doing this. Yo, at the podcast, we did it. Love everybody. Peace, peace.